Right, welcome back to Choices to Consequences. Uh, my name's Click. Let's get straight into it. Right, on my last episode, uh, got back with the missus and ended up moving to Luton. Uh, that's how I ended the last episode. This is episode six, by the way. And before I get into the podcast itself, I remember putting out there, any questions, please ask me. And I got quite a good response. Uh, I didn't think I'd get this many, but here we go. I'm going to go through the questions and, and the answers. So Scott asks, if your life didn't consist of crime, what did you want to see yourself uh, doing or becoming? And the answer to that is simple. I wanted to be a forensic scientist, believe it or not. I ended up doing A-level chemistry, human biology, and uh, maths, pure and statistics. Uh, without sounding big-headed, I was all right. I'd done all right. But obviously crime, drugs, so on and so forth. But my dad was an industrial chemist, my mum was a midwife, my aunt is a psychologist, uh, my other uncle's a, a biochem tech guy. So I'm surrounded by those sorts of things in those fields. I really wanted to do it, tell you the truth, and it still interests me even today. But uh, I got on the wrong side of crime. So instead of learning forensic scientist, uh, when I got nicked on drug charges and things like that, they would do it like, you know, look at the drugs, weigh the drugs, quality of the drugs, amount of drugs. I would have loved to have done that. But moving on, a man deep, is an arranged marriage the same as an arranged marriage in India? It's exactly the same. There's no difference at all. I mean, yeah, I'm from Kashmir, Pakistan. I'm right near the border, in fact. India and Pakistan, it's not far. Uh, where my uncle lives he's high up on one of the mountains you can even hear night fire bang 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 but uh, yeah the arranged marriage is exactly the same same uh, rituals traditions I mean it changes if you're Hindu and I'm a Muslim the religious side of things change but in general arranged marriages are exactly the same look bottom line is this Pakistan India Bangladesh it was all India then it was uh, East and West as in Bangladesh and Pakistan. So it was all one country, it's all the same. It's so big and so vast, you know. Uh, you travel 100 miles in any direction, you've got five different dialects of language, but it's all the same, man. What did I say? Same desert, different tent. Uh, Dinesh says, you talk about UK prisons. Have you ever been to a prison outside the UK? I never have. In my country in Kashmir, visiting a prison there, honestly as soon as you go in the first thing is the stench the second thing is the mosquitoes the third thing is people crying for help they're coming and going help me help me and it's the old style system like bars from from uh, roof to sit uh, floor to ceiling bars you know like you see on the old style films uh they're beaten black and blue they have like a leather strap which literally says uh it says which means come on criminal I'm waiting for you that's the strap that they beat your soles of your feet with very bad us British lads we think we're tough we can't handle prison in places like that you know what their lie detector is their lie detector is putting their hand on your heart if it beats fast you're a liar you're getting beaten one woman, I'm just giving examples, I'm no one straying off the course, but listen to this, one woman got caught stealing, do you know what they done? They tied the bottom of her tra- trousers, because we wear loose clothing in Pakistan, because of, of the weather, they tied the bottom, 
threw rats in and tied the top. That's a woman. There's no mercy there. Furthermore, you get caught doing anything out there, the the, the civilians bat the shit out you anyway. Uh, and then they hand you to the police. You know, when you're when you're on death's door, you, you're begging to get caught by the police when the civilians are beating you. You're begging, please take me, because they're going to kill me. Uh, anyway, uh, Manny says, what's the worst part about being in prison? To be honest with you, the worst part for me, the food I could handle. People going about the food was rubbish and we didn't get out. It was always bang up, 23 hour, bang up, 22 hour, bang up. None of that bothered me. Do you know, bang up, bang up really didn't bother me. I'm sort of like a recluse sort of guy anyway. I don't mind being secluded. Me, my thoughts, a book, a, a good film, a cup of coffee and a, and a vape or a roll up if you're really lucky. That's me. I, uh, that's a good night for me. But uh, the 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 thing was paranoia. I hated the paranoia because of the things you do in your past. When you wake up in jail, you don't know who you're going to meet. And anyone who tells you, no, I ain't scared in jail, they're absolutely lying. They're proper lying. Anyone who tells you, no, nah, man, I had it on Smash, no one can tell me nothing, they're lying. It's all a front. Anyone, how big you are, how small you are, it don't matter. When you go to jail, you're paranoid, you're scared because anything can happen. You've got nowhere to run you got to face the problem head on. It, and jail fights are nasty. Oh, God. Uh, Suraj says, You are Pakistani, but you don't speak it. Uh, why or how? I can speak it. Where I'm from, we speak a thing called Bari. Bari translates to... Well, Bar means mountain. I suppose it translates to mountainous. Or mountains. Uh, because that's where we live. We live in the mountains. It's a dialect of Urdu what we speak you can't actually write I suppose it's like Cockney slang that sort of thing you can't actually write it but we speak it it's like I said it's a different dialect uh, yeah so I can speak it very well I couldn't at first but uh, when I got married I had no choice I had to learn do we see your face sometimes at some point you will when I uh, I'm going to start interviewing uh, maybe not now or in a few episodes time I'm going to start interviewing other people that are on the C2 program with me and then hopefully the police then hopefully probation then hopefully my drug worker that is my aim so uh, fingers crossed I hope it goes well so it will be Lizzie hello Lizzie hello Nikki hello George hello Dave hello Rianne hello Jenna, Gemma hello Jenny uh, yes I'm definitely gonna do it Butler John uh, Lewis and that's it that's all the C2 lads. Uh, and obviously someone from the Haven, one of the drug workers or one of the people that work in the Haven, because the Haven's been really good to me. I have to be honest, as a hostel, it's plush. Anyway, uh, I'm getting a bit carried away here. Where are we? Right, Zara. No, that's already, that's the same question. Sorry, my bad. Right, here we go. Uh, Janvi says, I am from Rawalpindi. Where is your favourite place in Pakistan? Uh I haven't been to Lahore or Karachi because Karachi is like a 20 hour drive from where I live I mean I live 4 hours from the airport itself uh, in Kashmir disputed territory near enough and uh, I think my favourite place would be Sadr uh, S-A-D-A-R Sadr it's a nice place in Rawalpindi Islamabad it's the posh part uh, the average citizen can't go there it's really for people that come from abroad all the British lads American people people from Europe people from the Arab regions they go there 
the locals don't really go there because it's expensive the roads are lovely uh, I know I say the roads are lovely because where I'm from the roads are really bad imagine you're going round a mountain all the way to the top all the way to the bottom crossover then all the way to the top you don't come out of third gear second gear really uh, yeah so Sudden favourite place you've got KFC McDonald's you've got everything you need there who uh, Alex says who do you credit as being your pillar keeping you on the straight and narrow this one I mean overall it's God because he's given me the chance he's given me life uh, and I thank God for that daily I really do it's all in his hands on the ground we're talking about look it's not just one thing it's uh, Dave big shout out to Dave he's the one that got me on the seat well it's a collective but he's the one that came and spoke to me and he's my uh, key officer great so it's Dave it's Lizzie it's Nikki from CGL it's George it's all the, it's Rianne it's Jenny it's, Joe, it's the whole team uh, yeah man it's the whole team it's such a good support package if you want the help the help is there if you open up and surrender to it it's there uh, yeah so it's everyone on the C2 it's the officers it's people at probation people at CGL thank you very much and uh, maybe I don't say it enough but uh, really thank you all of you who are helping me supporting me really honestly from the bottom of my heart thank you anonymous this is a question from anonymous how do you stay clean I've been addicted for a long time and struggled to stay clean for longer than a couple of weeks right this question is huge I could go on for hours on this question hours I've got 28 years in the service meaning in the drugs addiction uh, and look yeah like I was saying it took me till I've been in doing it 28 years and it took me till now to get clean uh, it's it's a lot of things it's such a huge question it's not one thing I know uh, Mr Anonymous you're looking for the, the answer the magic bullet the magic pill I turn around and say do this and you're clean but it's really not it's a whole collective of things you need a good support package which I've got you need to be ready yourself above everything you've got to be mentally ready yourself honestly if you're mentally ready yourself that's 90% of the battle and the rest is just keeping you in line so uh, yeah you've got to do a lot of things you've got to throw your mobile phone in the bin you've got to cut yourself off from all the people that are bad for you honestly there's a lot of sacrifices you've got to make but in the end it's 100% worth it 100% worth it but like I said that question is so big so big that if you really want on Mr Anonymous or Mrs Anonymous whoever you are question me again and you know what question me on my email it'll be in the link and uh, I will help you through it if I can I really will uh, like I said it's such a huge question but get at me and I will uh, try and take you through it step by step uh, the main thing is you've got to be honest you have to be honest don't lie don't cheat even for a second you're only letting yourself down but try your best don't give up trying Mr Anonymous or Mrs Anonymous do not give up trying uh, Fazil says what do you hope to gain from doing the podcast keeps me clean keeps me accountable transparency obviously is everything's the truth I want to get my story out there I want to help others uh, that's my goal my goal is I want to be a peer mentor I want to help people struggling with addiction that is my end goal uh, I'm not trying to criticize the people that are in that profession but 
I think I can make some great changes and I really think I can help people so uh, yeah so Ryan says uh, Scott tells me your main Scott is my tech guy by the way people Scott tells me your main outlet for keeping busy is the gym what else do you do to keep yourself busy uh, I'm kept busy by the C2 the C2 program if you go to episode 1 it will tell you everything about the C2 uh, so it's unpaid work charity work uh, hackro great people uh, going to cooking classes going to tennis uh, obviously the gym as well uh, doing my podcast uh, it's a lot of things uh, going to counselling once a week so uh, yeah it's a lot of things even meeting the key uh, key workers the officers even meeting probation even meeting my drug worker I do that all once a week uh, yeah man just checking in with them and having a general chit chat you see when you change your environment when you want to get clean you change your environment and honestly the way you talk the way you walk everything will change if you get clean your whole world it comes together and I'm so thankful for it but yeah it's a collector thing that is it we are done for the questions so brilliant uh, yeah brilliant anyway what else was I going to say that is the questions done now we are going to get on to the podcast so I'm sorry I'm, I keep talking slowly because I'm trying to find my next point here we go I moved to Luton with my missus first thing that happened is my brother-in-law God bless his soul he's passed away he was such a nice guy I mean I know I didn't get on with the others but out of all my brother-in-laws he was such a nice guy educated clean tidy so good anyway he bought a restaurant in Swansea I moved to Luton this happened literally straight away he's bought a restaurant in Swansea right near the coast he's gone to me look I'm busy working can you go there here's the money do the shop up so meaning painting tiling any like cosmetic works get the restaurant ready it was already a restaurant but closed down and it needed a bit of work doing it it was a bit tatty I said okay no problem I can do that you know, do I need to even go into the rest of what happened so I moved to Swansea I've been there about honestly about a month uh, I'm going to these blocker flats called the Dewati flats I couldn't find Brown. I found an alcoholic guy. Uh, I've asked him, can you get me anything? He's gone, come on, follow me. That's the first time I found five pound bags. They were huge. Uh, Swansea has got a coy, it's got an, ep an, an epidemic. There was places people would go and use heroin, like behind bushes and things like that. And there'll be like, imagine like five square meters and the whole floor is full of used pins, injections. You couldn't put your foot anywhere. Uh, when it came to drawing up the heroin they wouldn't have cotton so they would use the fluff off their socks these sorts of things I haven't seen before there was a tourniquet there left for people there was a little contraption there so you could balance your spoon on when you're heating the heroin uh, it was crazy it was so bad that the houses they had outside taps uh, and there would be signs on there junkies stay away if you come on my property to get water we'll call the police it was so bad there that I went to join this drug services there like we've got CGL they've got a place called Sands substance abuse whatever whatever and uh, they took a whole month to get back to me just for an appointment they don't even give you glasses of water there because people would take and draw up their syringe and fill it up with water you have to drink the water in front of them so people were drinking the water in front of them, going outside, putting the syringe in their mouth and sucking the water in, into it. Crazy. These sorts of things I haven't seen. But anyway, I'm in there, I'm in the restaurant. 
the following bit is uh, allegedly let's get this bit in there allegedly this is what happened disclaimer you know the you know the score one day I'm withdrawing I've got no I've blown all the money I mean I've done the restaurant up but I've cut corners uh, anyway I'm withdrawing really bad and one of the guys who financed the restaurant uh, youngsters from Birmingham I didn't know I didn't know uh, they were my brother-in-law's friends I don't think my brother-in-law knew either of course he didn't know he wouldn't have got you know no he didn't know I've gone downstairs into where the staff are and where we were sleeping and resting and while we were doing the place up and these people are on the table and he's got a bag and I'm talking like a Tesco bag uh, one of them 50 peers that you get at the pay at the till jobs full of gear he's got a slab like a VHS cassette of white as in crack I've walked down I'm withdrawing I've looked and there's two guys and I don't want to say I'm withdrawing you know the, these people have bought the restaurant for us I knew, I know it was his money and now I know why because they had a line there and so on and so forth allegedly so uh I've got I got close with one of the guys and I said listen mate I'm struggling mate you need to get me a, a bit of that thing and he gave me a, a size like two grapes he goes yeah that's you I, was, I thought it was Christmas anyway watch this I got talking we're all talking he knows I'm, I'm clued up I'm not an idiot he goes I'm going back to Birmingham I will ring here's gear he left me about it was in 16th they sold 16th of brown uh, and they were going for 60 quid and he left me uh, one, two, th about two, three ounces worth. So that's 16, 16, 16. Do the maths. 32, 42, 48, team, 16. That's a lot of gear. And he left, uh, I think it was about 50, no, more than that. It's about 50, 20 pound stones of white. And they stashed some in a brick place uh, down one of the roads. I clocked it and... I went back and took it when they went I ended up getting on a bus I sold loads allegedly hold on allegedly I sold loads did I or didn't I who knows uh, I ended up getting on a bus with all the takings all the gear end up coming back to Luton because my missus sort of clocked on that he's messing about up there and I had my little cousin with well my nephew my wife's nephew with me and he grasped me up he's doing bad he's back on the gear she's like hey, get your ass back to Luton now so I picked up all um, that was all I needed perfect excuse locked up the restaurant picked up all the gear jumped on a bus from Swansea all the way down to London then from there to Luton uh, I was on the back of the bus piping crack away piping away like it was going out of fashion uh, because you know crack smoke when you're piping it don't really smell cigarettes smell more than that uh it was terrible it was absolutely terrible and now my habit is not through the roof it's on top of the roof it's beyond the roof it is crazy I ended up smoking all that gear you imagine that now I've got teams galore honestly when I had it I was so scared being on the bus uh, coach sorry I keep saying bus coach I was so scared because I didn't know where to put it I couldn't put it down my pants because the bulge was too big. I couldn't put it in my pocket because I just couldn't get it into my pocket. I was so scared. Do you know how what I was doing? I double bagged it, knotted it up and just carried it in my hand. What am I doing? Just carried it in my hand like, like nothing. Uh, sometimes the more blatant the better. Allegedly. 
uh, anyway got back to Lou and raging habit and over the course of about a week two weeks I was doing like a team per day team per day team per day two teams a day three teams a day it got to a stage where I wouldn't even smoke it do you know what I'd do I'd get a team and just like coke I'd break it up and make it into lines and honestly people say no no how can you do that one teenth uh, I'll make it into about six lines bang 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 gone no joke gone uh, and believe it or not sniffing is secondary to injecting so on drugs it goes like this injecting IV intravenous bam that's the first one this is the maximum high the next one is sniffing do not do this by the way this is for educational purposes only the next one is sniffing uh, then it goes on to I think smoking then it goes into muscle uh, skin pop and the last one is anal put it into your ass people say it and it is true but you've got to put a lot and the one after that even is swallowing uh, digesting eating uh, you've got to eat loads and it takes a long time to get into your system and uh, once it's in there's no getting out the thing with smoking is if you're smoking and it's getting too much you can slow down you can stop once you sniff it's in you once you inject it's in you you can't pull it out what are you going to do cut your arm open and suck the blood out you're, you're in trouble uh, so anyway that's how it went uh, Mrs. is fuming my, my appearance my hygiene is all out the window yeah I've got a bit of money but uh, I end, all the money I had from allegedly doing what I was doing I ended up uh, uh, spunking that uh, yeah this is just pure allegedly so please understand that it never happened it's just a story wink wink nudge nudge uh, where am I now Boom. So anyway, what I done is this. I remember whether where uh, one of the roads was opposite. For some reason, this stuck in my head. I remember there being a McDonald's cup on the other side of the wall. So not on the pavement, on the other side. For some reason, it just stuck in my head. The guy from Birmingham rings me and goes, "Where are you? Where's the gear? What is going on?" So do you know what I said? I said, "Come out the restaurant. See the road opposite. Walk up there on the right hand side by that little outside gas electric box thing. It was outside the house." there's a McDonald's cup there he goes oh yeah yeah I can see it oh yeah, yeah. I said I put it in there so he's thinking oh, how could you know that how would you know that's there and boom he goes it's not here I said well someone must have took it end of he didn't even question me after that uh, I think he knew uh, and really that sort of gear to people like that is, is just dust off the side I mean it's loads but don't get me wrong for them sort of people it's, it's, it's nothing uh, anyway that went on for a while so after this this is what I mean with me and my missus it's crazy so we've obviously broken up again because of my shenanigans she's ended up moving back to Hatfield no sorry Welling back to Welling but I can't go what do you mean I can't go no you ain't coming with us you can piss off and do what you're doing oh god so now I'm homeless I'm living in these derelict garages not derelict they're garages behind some flats on Avondale Road anyone from Luton listening they'll remember that those flats from early uh, 2009, 10, 11 those times there was four garages I lived in one of them every morning and that's where all the users went to use every morning I'd wake up there'd be an outside tap on the back of the flats I'd use that freezing cold water by the way and uh, there'd be a user at my feet using as soon as I opened my eyes and then that was it my uh, shoplifting went through the roof it was crazy I had a foil bag with me constantly constantly 
uh, and that's all I would do all day and night I knew which shop at what time the guards on the guards off if I go here at this time I'm good there I'm not good and it went my day would start off with three tracksuit bottoms from a uh, sports retailer shall I say go and do that that's 25 quid three pairs £10 each then I'd go and get three items that was breakfast every day then it would be anything from TVs to LG Blu-ray players uh, those times those sort of things to batteries to shampoos because around Luton there's a lot of not a lot there's thousands of shops on every corner there's a converted house that's a shop and they all buy it and I'm talking from uh, bars of chocolate big like them Christmas bars of chocolate you get 50p for one of them batteries you get a pound a pack uh, shampoo linkses you get a pound if they're the big ones then like the newish ones back then the newish ones anything at all but the good thing is you could always sell them I remember one time I uh, I went around getting Red Bull cans because the price we were giving them to the shops at and there's loads of users junkies doing this loads that's why they make so much money because we give it even cheaper than the cash and carry gives it so let's say a can of Red Bull is £1.50 cash and carry will probably give it to them for 98p we were giving them to them at 50p so one day you just go around nicking Red Bull cans galore uh, every time you got to about 50 boom we drop them off every time we got to 50 boom we drop them off crazy anything at that place you could sell anything you had 24 hour shops there anything at any time it was nuts never known a place like it uh, we'd go go to school at any time and honestly police would drive past and they'll be like and I'm not exaggerating there'll be 20 users on the park waiting for the dealer 20 no joke the cops knew what was happening they'd drive past but nothing would deter them nothing would stop they'd come out and go boom 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 the people wouldn't even have time to count the money they'd just take it take it take it take it take it give 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 I've never seen a place like it I mean I'm just going to put this out there some of the lines out there I mean the, the, the drug lines some of them are making like 10 15 grand a day believe it or not I know because I've seen it I've seen it in my own eyes uh, yeah killing it these kids are buying McLarens and Ferraris and Porsches and just parking them on the side of the road they're making so much money that uh, it, if, if you saw the amounts you wouldn't believe it you'd say no way uh, yeah if you you know it's crazy. It's, I've never seen it. And like I said, my shoplifting went through the roof. So I'm getting uh, drills, laptops, lawnmowers, uh, coffees, uh, anything. Anything at all. Absolutely crazy. Uh, memory sticks was a good one. You know the memory sticks? Uh, so it goes 16, 32 gig, 64 gig, 128, 256. Uh, and you used to take them to CEX and they would cash you in for them. Depending on what size the memory was they'd go here 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 and uh, one of the tricks I used to do I'd get a big Guardian paper or a big Times paper put foil in a few of the pages fold it go in put a handful of memory cards and don't forget one handful of memory cards honestly it's about 10 to 15 because they're only on thin bits of card put that in the newspaper fold it and just walk out straight round to the CEX cash me out please some of the cards if they're high memory you'd get an 8 quid 12 quid when you got 10 15 you do the maths uh that was lunch sometimes dinner brilliant uh, not really not good to do but brilliant 
I ended up going in and out of jail those times there. So yeah, 10, 11, 12, I ended up going in and out of jail. And I'm talking like in the three year, two year span, I'd be in and out five, six times, boom, 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 boom. And sadly, one of the sent, I think it was 212, I saw the vicar guy, the guy with the collar. And the only time you see him on the wing is if it's bad news, uh, a death. And for some reason I looked and do you know what I said to myself, I said, imagine that's for me. And lo and behold, he goes, can I speak to you? Went into the office, the call office, sat me down. And he goes, your father passed away. Oh dear. And do you know what? Uh, when I was in jail, I used to ring my mum and she wouldn't really tell me how ill my dad was. I think she was just protecting me of it because I was in jail, nothing I could do. Uh, I was upset because uh, I didn't get to say sorry to him. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to say, Dad, forgive me for the things I've done. Uh, I know I was a bad son. I really do. I know that. But uh, can you forgive me, Dad? I've never done that. And that hurts me more than anything. I wasn't allowed out for the for the funeral because uh, I was high risk. I wasn't high risk because I was a big criminal. I was high risk because I was such a repeat offender. I only had about six, seven days to go. They could have hatched the house. The home office could have written it off. But what happened was my dad died on the Friday. Uh, blessed day Friday prayers that for Jumma for the Muslims and they buried him straight away on the Saturday uh, the admin block was closed so they couldn't do a risk assessment so they said you can't go uh, it was that more than anything the, the not being asked not asking him for forgiveness so uh, I'm sorry dad I'm sorry I you know I messed up in life I, I wasn't a good kid and uh, I'm really sorry about that I, re I really am if I could change it I would but uh, you know forgive me dad yeah anyway <clears throat> thank you very much for listening uh, I really appreciate it I really appreciate the support and uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah man thank you to all the C2 team thank you to Lizzie at probation Nikki at CGL thank you the Haven for giving me a place to live uh, thank you all of them Thank you to George for helping me out. Thank you to Scott the Wizard, the tech guy. Uh, who have I left out? Thank you to God. Thank you for everything. Honestly, I'm in a good place at the moment. Uh, I'm scared it's going to end. I have that paranoia that everything's going well. Uh, I hope nothing goes wrong. But inshallah, God willing, it doesn't. And like I said, thank you for listening. Uh, take care. I hope you enjoyed it. And please keep supporting me. And goodbye.